It's the chat room. We do this every week. We are joined in studio with comedian and really founder of Doodley Jones Comedy Tribe. Evan Cassidy is in studio with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. And you are a an alum. An anteater alumni. Proud. Twenty yeah, it's finished up last year. So good to be back. You should be proud. <laughs> very proud, very much so. Zot Zot, everybody out there. <laughs> represents. Yes, and actually as we do this, we've got former anteaters. We're creating we're making former anteaters right now, right? They're out there being graduated. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. So the cycle continues. Yes. So um, usually we have a co-host, Marie Stone, but she's away. So we're just going to kind of go in whatever direction we want to go. So let's start with how did you, so you're a comedian and you kind of work in and around LA and Orange County. Let's get, with, let's start yeah. with like a story of how you got to where you are now. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's actually very closely tied to UCI and being at UCI. I, um, I actually, uh, first started performing at dorm parties at UCI. It's an interesting place to start. Not, not too many others have come out of the UCI dorms. But, yeah, actually, I, um, and it's very, it's mu very much tied to dating because I, I would just kind of go to dorm parties uh, randomly, and I would perform. Uh, I, I, would, I, did this, I did a character, uh, The Singing Frenchman, that uh, uh, I, would, I would play songs, and it was a French character, and um, after a while, I started. I, I left the dorms and went to the open mic scene in Orange County, uh, a place the Gypsy Den in Santa Ana was like the first one I went into. <laughs> but but at first, it kind of first started. I, I was just kind of trying to meet people, you know. So so it actually wasn't a professional yearning as much as a great way to meet people. It was it was being 20 years old in Irvine, living in, being pretty lonely, living in a studio. Uh, UCI is not a very friendly campus, you know, it's not a very social campus, and so I would, I, I honestly, like, you know, Friday night, one night I was just, I went out and crashed a party, and, uh, you know, I'm a, a, a Caucasian male, uh, which, ginger Caucasian male, which stands out a bit. Which means, what is it, redhead and you don't tan y well? Yes, I, I, I get freckles, little sp splotches of tan, but, yeah, um. But no, I, I would stand out. If, if I crashed a party, people would be like, oh, I don't know this ginger guy. So um, after failing crashing parties several times... Uh, failing I, as in you did not go home with a girl? Uh, f failing as in I, I didn't even get to have a conversation with... I got, would get kicked out, you oh. know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty sad. Uh, finally, I when I try... I, I, I'm, I'm a determined guy, so I went back again one time. I knocked on a door and, and someone was like, Who, "Who's this? Who are you?" And I was like, "Uh, I, I am. I, I live down the hall. I, I am. I am. F are you? Are you from France?" Uh, yes. Oh, come on in, man. Yeah, come party. <laughs> There's chicks here. There's booze. Yeah, man. We love you. So, wow. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, I did that a couple times and uh, brought my guitar and uh, yeah, it was. It's all history. Rock and roll history from there. Where did you get the idea that that might work? <laughs> well, I, I transferred from OCC, Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa. I grew up in Orange County, um, and I actually studied French at OCC. Um, my grandmother was French, and I'd been to France 
So it was sort of like a passion. I was determined to learn it, you know. So I picked it up, but then I didn't really have a use for it at all, you know, in, in Southern California. French, Spanish is much more useful in the area. So I had really no use for it other than doing a fake French accent. So <laughs> I felt I was putting it to use. I was connecting with Paris once again. I, I studied abroad. I had just gotten back, actually, from studying abroad when I transferred to UCI uh, in 2006. And so... Yeah, I was immersed in this French culture and lonely and probably slightly schizophrenic. So, <laughs> so just this odd combination came together yeah. and poof. Yeah, and you're and playing a French guy at parties. Yeah, yeah, do, playing songs and um, yeah, and I'd grown up playing music, playing. So there's actually kind of two sides of you, right? There's like a music side, yeah, comedy yeah. side, and they kind of merged now yeah yeah well and it's actually always it's always kind of been like that um like i have my my record my prolific uh pocket protectors vinyl seven inch here yeah, hand that to me so <laughs> later on we can throw on like a little yeah something that that's that stuff's a bit brutal so this is earlier stuff this is what you did did you say you were 14 yeah uh that was out? i was probably actually 15 that was like 2002 right, um let's see what Let's hope it, no naughty words. Yeah, the B huh? the B side actually has no no. You you want to may try the B side. I think the first word on the A side is a naughty word. Yeah. There's a pentagram with the. Outside my window, things are exploding. Oh, why can't there be? See my So you're saying this is kind of cheeky music. This is not straight ahead kind of punk rock oh yeah well it, it kick it kicks up a little yeah it's kind of sloppy pretty uh I, and i was i'm ashamed to say i was the singer and guitar player i smell a little ska in there yeah, oh yeah actually it, it busts in yeah I, I was all about the, the ska punk so at this age you just loved music yeah and you were just kind of a funny guy yeah we had the kind of dork rock the dork theme the dork rock theme and um after uh after that, I um, I made some cassettes, uh, some hip hop cassettes as a, a hip hop alias. When I when, you know shortly after the Pocket Protectors, a, a little solo project, and it was kind of a, it was a joke, but uh, I, I I sold it to some of the you know the popular. It was called DJ Dick was the name, um, and uh, I sold it to kind of the cool the the, the, the kids that listened to hip hop at my school, and they kind of thought it was serious, but it was like a joke, so. I always kind of had this character and, and joke thing and, and music and and yeah for a couple of years when I started college I wasn't doing that and I think that was another reason it kind of bursted out out of out of nowhere. And at how parties. did the early music like the Pocket Protectors your early project? How did that help when it came to dating? Did anything oh, come from that? N no, that did not help at all. Uh, that <laughs> that probably uh, maybe maybe it could have helped. I, I guess maybe I. Yeah, I don't think there were there were no uh, groupies outside of our few uh, shows, local shows that we did. Were there hopes that maybe <sighs> more groupies would materialize, and it just never happened? Yeah, maybe maybe I was hoping for some kind of punk rock girl groupies, and yeah, it just didn't didn't happen. Our, our friends, even our friends who came out to our our shows, would heckle us, and because we we weren't that sharp back then. That's so. right. That, well, that's punk rock. It's, yeah. it's oh, yeah. unpolished. That's oh, right. yeah. Yeah, no, and I dressed, I, I had, I dyed my hair green when I was around that time, and it washed out after two weeks. And, um, and so it was just like, just ye pee yellow for like <laughs> a year, and I, I didn't cut it for like a year. It was so, so, 
I was people said I looked like Andy Dick a lot, which I I didn't like at yeah, all. That but. sounds like possible <laughs> insult. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. Shout shout outs to Andy Dick, man. Shout outs, man. Yeah, exactly. You got to respect him, but yeah, I can yeah. see how some people might not respect. You don't want to look like him exactly. Yeah. So you started out young and first got into music, and then yeah. you kind of happened into comedy. Yeah, well, happenstance kind of. Yeah, well, comedy was always something. You know, from the time I was about six years old. SNL was my favorite show. Um, uh, From, you know, I followed it very closely from the time I was like six, you know, and then like the early Mad TV. So I was always really into that, you know, uh, and then the movies from the SNL guys like Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. So um, that was always a big part of just what I was interested in, you know. When did you decide maybe this is something I should do? That, That wasn't until... Um, even, even when I started, like when I was, you know, did the whole singing Frenchman thing and started doing kind of more stand up, I didn't even take that that seriously. You know, I didn't, I wasn't taking that very seriously. It wasn't until I started doing the, the YouTube videos and, uh, you know, it was something that I created and put out there and people were like, oh, this is funny. That I was like, oh, wow. I can, cause people didn't, people didn't really take too well to the pocket protectors <laughs> that, that, that wasn't a, a big hit. And, uh. So here, here, getting the good feedback from the videos, the Doodley Jones videos, you know, a couple of years ago, that was, when, and just having so much fun doing it, like filming, filming the different sketches was just so much fun. So I, I was like, I, I had been considering grad school for psychology, like, you know, and all that. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm doing comedy. That's comedy grad school. <laughs> <laughs> Hard knocks. Yeah. Oh yeah. So at first it was kind of a, how can I build myself a social life? Let's yeah, go out and do comedy. Yeah, you know, it was it was like being, yeah, like in college, it was like be, just being lonely, like not being, just wanting to meet people. And then it was like, you know, I think I, I have sort of an element where I'm, I'm a shy, I'm shy, like at my core, but, I, you know, I'll, I can be funny. And that's kind of how I'll relate with people. That's kind of how I'll interact with people. I, I really interact with people through performing, you know, and so that was just my natural way of doing it. And okay. yeah, yeah. And, and, um. And so then I found I had even more fun just performing than, you know, meeting the people. And I, you know, started taking it more seriously then and getting out to the open mics and all that. So so what are your early, you got any early stories of your trying to pursue friendships or relationships via your comedy that stand out? Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. Well, just the whole, um, just crashing, uh, doing the, the singing Frenchman thing. Cause uh, when, I, I would go to these, I'd go to these parties. Um, well, I, I would stay in character all night. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, all night, all with uh, all the people at the party, and uh, and then at the when I would go to the open mics. Um, yeah, I was like twenty uh, then, and, and yeah, I would stay in character at the, from the time I was at the open mic to the time I left. I would stay in character, and maybe like like the host or someone would would I would tell like yeah, you know, I'm not really French, but. Uh, uh, I, other people I would never tell and even if I was like hanging out with the people afterwards I would still stay in character and um, so yeah the, uh, it, it was uh, interesting <laughs> very so what were the what were the one of the most most memorable relationships you got into in this it, well, well one um, one of the I started dating kind of started dating a girl from that I had met through performing and um, I I uh, 
I didn't like. I think I didn't. I didn't tell her I wasn't French until I, she finally actually met me on a date. Like I didn't. I didn't. You know. I don't think I even had made out with her or anything before. But you know, I. I until she had scheduled the date and I was there. I was like, "Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah." She's like, "Oh, I was wondering if you're gonna show up in character or not." Or uh, she knew it was a character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She. She had. I mean, I think she had. Everybody probably had an idea, but some people did. I'll still actually see some people that have seen me perform at like local spots, and be like, "Oh, you're the French guy," and sometimes I'll still feel inclined, like, "Oh, yes, yes, yeah," just because it takes too much time to say, "Oh, no, I'm not really," but yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> just give him a line. Yeah, and I'll go away. Yeah. So how how did this relationship flourish or die what how did it go uh, oh that one i don't think that one didn't really go much of anywhere uh, now why do you think that was is there s- something in particular about the way you kind of introduced with her i guess was your plan working was your plan working to meet the right people and to yeah, maybe meet girls yeah you know i think in high school i was always like i'm one of those guys where i'm i i'm really passionate i'm really like headstrong and you know, I would get these deep crushes on this one single girl, and it'd be like, no, I, I'm, I'm really stubborn by nature. You know, I'm Irish, uh, uh, got that stubbornness in my genes, and um, yeah, like I would just be really focused on just one girl, and I, you know, I would get these crushes and whatnot, and I was really, I'd be really picky when I was in high school, and uh, I think it took me a while to kind of get over that, you know, until I got, you know, just kind of. I'd fi- I would find reasons to like say, oh, this, you know, this. Well, she has this flaw or that flaw, you know, and uh, yeah, and I just didn't really click with. Uh, I mean, I'm a weird guy, so I just didn't click with. Who a, a, who kind of made the decision that it's not working? Was I, it? Oh, I, in uh, some of my first relationships were, like, I never had a long term relationship till I was like 23, and and like the first couple, you know, the first maybe four or five girls I dated before that, it was like couple weeks or two months and it usually never it, it was just we just went our separate ways and just didn't really talk to each other anymore or, you know it wasn't it was no official thing like what would an early evan cassidy two-week relationship look like oh it was it, long walks on the beach uh you know trips to rio um but it was just so short-lived you know just yeah. n- Shallow. Not, I actually, actually, probably pretty shallow. <laughs> me just, me taking out a, me taking out a girl, hanging out with her a couple times, and where would you take her? Um, I would you, probably use just the places I was performing. You know, that's that's kind of the tough. That's kind of the sad thing about being a comedian is like you, you know, you perform all the time, and so you don't, you don't really have time to go out to a lot of different places. But I, I would go out. I would take girls out to. Um, um, I actually. Until I was like 21, I never really drank, so I wouldn't go to like you know, I wouldn't drink at parties. So I'd go out to places like cafes and have lunch and kind of you know, I would take some girls out to some hot spots. You know, I'd, I'd treat them right. <laughs> I'd, I'd make it classy. And I think actually when I was younger, like you know, a lot of college girls they just kind of want to party and 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 since I didn't really drink. I would be, I would, I think it would be really stale on dates I would take girls out on, you know, we'd go to coffee shops during the day and be like, this is, this is boring. This guy's weird. Have you heard that feedback? This is boring. I, I, I haven't. That's just the voices in my head. What do they say? Do they say, do they give you any verbal feedback? Gosh, gosh. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably like making it sound more awkward than it was, but. Um, 
I just remember it. For, for me, I was like, I was raised, uh, you know, I'm Irish, I was raised Catholic. And so I think it took a long time. I stopped going to church when I was like 14, 15. I got super punk rock, too punk for my own good, you know. But I think it took me a while to like, you know, disassociate the like, oh, sex is sex before marriage. Sex is bad, you know, like. So I think when I was younger, it was like, oh, you, you find a girl, you, you find a girl to marry you. You know, that's just what it is. And you stay, you don't get divorced. You stay. <laughs> and then, then when I was, you know, 15, it's like, oh, no, that there's differences. There's other options in life than just that, you know. So it was at an early age that you realized that maybe the catch a girl, marry her, be with her the rest of your life wasn't going to turn out? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I think in, in my the back of my mind, I still held on to that. That Catholic guilt is a very, oh man, some serious guilt. Yeah. Oh yeah. That stuff is hardcore, man. It's hard to wean off of. But um, yeah. No, I, I was, I was, I was such an awkward guy. I mean, I, you know, I think anyone that has to go out in character and to meet people has to be pretty awkward. She's, she's looking at me like, yeah, you, this, this guy is very awkward. I think what it tends to be is everybody has a persona that they put on. Well, they just call it their personality. I, I totally agree. I, I uh, definitely agree. Because it it's funny. I would, I would meet people at parties that were just, you know, girls like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're drinking shots, shots. It's like you can't really connect with someone, with Sally, who's, yeah, let's get messed up, yeah. And I mean, and, and it was funny because um, a lot of people, when I would do this Frenchman bit, they would uh, say, you're not really French, you know, you're lying, you're, you're lying, you know, and like, you're, you're, act, you're faking it, you know, but it was like, I was, I felt like I was being realer than a lot of the people <laughs> that I met. Yeah, they're uh, faking it too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Does so, your voice really sound like that? Like, r- no, like well, these girls with their, oh, hey, God. That, that's like, how it sounds to me. That's my. No, that is how it sounds, but. <laughs> I guess my question is, is that the way you would naturally, she would naturally talk? Oh. Is she not also putting that's, on an accent, a little act? Ex- I, that's, that's exactly what I think. That's so how I it seems it. like you're maybe healthier that you can at least admit, all right, I've got some issues, I'm going to yeah, be a character. M- yeah, maybe I'm healthier in the fact that I, I know I'm insane. I know that I'm pretty, right. pretty far gone. Pretty. I think if you know that you're insane, there's a limit to it, whereas yeah. if you don't think you're insane and you think everyone else is insane yeah i think that's the i think that might be true insanity yeah i I think you're you're maybe not less insane you're just less dangerous because you when you start hearing the voices you can be like okay uh i'm gonna mom i need a a ride over to the facilities whereas i need drugs yeah (laughs) yeah you're it's a little i think you can be a little more humbler if you look at your own weaknesses and insanities you know so going from the crashing parties as a Frenchman moving up to like comedy, how has your interactions with women changed now? Uh, it's uh, you drink now, right? So that's one. Yeah, thing. yeah. I, I go. I'm like I have a love hate relationship with drinking. I haven't drunk in a while. I'll, I'll like I'll take like six months and not drink, and then I will drink. And so I, I I'm pretty mellow with that. But uh, for the last three years actually i have um i've been in a a committed relationship uh so um yeah it was like i was i i uh so i was i was kind of um like before when i was like up until i was like 23 i was you know out there trying to meet chicks and stuff and but uh, the past three years i was in a relationship so i was totally kind of 
and that and that was actually when I I got started got more serious about comedy. Do you, you think there's I mean? a connection like once the relationship thing y- yeah, something I th- happened? Yeah, I think uh d- I think there is like um I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people at, at my age can get caught there, you can only have one addiction, I feel like. And my addiction is comedy and so uh, there's, you know, some people are addicted to drugs, women, whatever. And, and, uh, if you kind of just have, okay, you have your relationship here, you have your, uh, your passion here. I think that that's helpful. That, that helped me kind of get serious and about my priorities without a doubt. Serious so, about comedy. So once you had a relationship, did life as a comedian seem easier or do you have no reference? Uh, well, um, it's interesting cause I actually, like I said, I, I was planning grad school when, when I first met <laughs> when I first met my girlfriend. I was planning to go to grad school for psychology. Um, that was you know my my goal. I was you know all about it. Um, I wanted to be a professor, and um, I was playing some music then as well. But I wasn't really doing as much comedy then. I, maybe like every couple of times a month I do an open mic. But um, then I, when I, I started doing the videos at that point in time that was like you know early like 2010 and and then when i started doing the videos that was i was like oh okay this is it you know i'm all about the comedy so my girlfriend had to kind of adjust to that oh i'm gonna go to grad school and have a job probably soon to i'm gonna be a comedian and be broke broke and perform uh 11 times a week uh (laughs) so that must have been quite a shock to the little unit that yeah, you created. Yeah, it kind of, it, it's a, uh, there's a little drama there, but yeah, it, it definitely caused a couple breakups back and forth. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, but that, but she was very supportive and that was actually very helpful to have someone. She, she put up with, I'm a difficult guy and she put up with, with, uh, quite a bit. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, I started cause over the past year I've just, you know, I perform about, you know, I perform every day, you know, some, some, somewhere, uh, you know, sometimes 10, 11 times a week. So it's, uh, it's gnarly. It's, <laughs> so it's a lot to put up with. If you were to give me, um, like a survey of the landscape, the dating landscape for other comedians, what is, what are their kind of unique issues that you've come across? Yeah. Uh, I think, um, well, for guys starting out, uh, you know, if you're, at comedy shows, doing performing, comedy is very dominated by males. So you know, like if you're performing at an open mic, it's 20 dudes, uh, you know, talking about things that relate to dudes. So it kind of chases women away. Uh, the su- the subject matter of a lot of amateur comedy is not very attractive to women. Um, so yeah, it's not an easy. I think, like, I think being a musician, it's like, if you pick up a guitar, like, you're a rock star. It's like, oh, play Oasis, you know, but no one wants to hear your uh, bathroom jokes at at an open mic. Girls aren't that interested in that. Did you think it was going to be different? Did you think, oh, comedy club, glamour, chicks? Yeah. Well, you know, um, when I, I kind of started out doing the music thing, so I was more around, um, around musicians mm-hmm. and uh doing uh places you know performing at you know music places uh and it was more recent that i started doing the more comedy only venues and the comedy club places so uh yeah i, I didn't you know 
yeah, comedy open mics can be kind of depressing sometimes. And kind of. So you were doing music open mics yeah, at first. Yeah, and a little, a little bit of both. But um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just so much into performing that you know whoever's there. I, I always find that. I mean, the goal. You know, if you do open mics, it's a, a lot of you're in front of a lot of comics. You know, and, and the goal is to kind of to get up in front of non-comics or as we call them civilians uh and uh yeah and it's always better when there are females in the audience laughing and stuff so we had tj hubert on here a couple weeks ago yeah and uh my producer found her at a comedy club and she had mentioned that what she says so many white guys comedy about is anger towards women have you seen a lot of that yeah, uh, with definitely. Yeah, it's um, I've I've have seen very many women walk out of rooms uh, from, especially like when when you start at the beginnings. You know, there's there's a couple bathroom topics that are you know generally like open mic comics will talk about, and it's just it's just like I th- and I think in the movie like funny people, uh, you know, they they kind of address that. Like this guy's doing jokes, and Adam Sandler's like, do you are you do you want to get chicks? You know, like the stuff you're talking about and. So, um, yeah, and a lot of it is kind of, I've found there's a thread of hateful towards them. There's just a lot of stereotypes, you know, stereotypes about women, stereotypes about different races and stuff. And uh, you see that a lot in, in, um, I mean, it's, that's kind of, I try to stay away from that kind of stuff. So you're saying that some of the comedy doesn't, isn't so much funny as it is kind of negative and they're doing it in a comedy guise. I think, well, comedy, you can, um. I, like I've had, I've I talked about this a lot with other comics. You know, you can kind of, it, it's you, you want to f- fling things upward, not downward, on, on kind of the weaker people. You know what I mean? You kind of want to go at the powerful. You know, the politicians who are messing up the world and and the rich rather than the poor and the the weak and and all that. But so yeah, you'll hear. I mean, and you'll hear comedy. I mean, I think I think there should be no topic off. You know. That, that you shouldn't be able to joke about but yeah, generally i think it's good to kind of go at the more powerful subjects rather than the weaker ones you know so you have some experience in uh what the social life is at like at music open mics and now yeah. the comedy open mics and now you're in kind of a new area of filmmaking yeah yeah definitely definitely and that's that's a lot of fun yeah what has that been like uh that's oh man yeah that's been a, a lot of fun um but uh, at the same time, you know, uh, making being a, like a DIY filmmaker, doing it on your own, uh, there's a, also a not so glamorous side to that of um, you know s- getting a budget together. Uh, I mean, just over the past year, I've I've sold a lot. Let's just say I've sold a lot of possessions to get uh, dinosaur sweaters and uh, bottles of Nyquil for uh, videos. Yeah, yeah. But it's been cool, man. I mean renting out bars and stuff is pretty fun and just and i just love you know i love acting and being on camera and all that so that's that's definitely that can be a little more glamorous without a doubt and so do you find filmmaking no matter the subject matter attracts people in a way that a comedy club comedy club's different it's like everyone on your film is kind of a performer yeah of like varying levels right there's some girl that she just sits in the corner and then yeah. there's the other guy who kind of interacts with maybe the main character yeah so are you kind of leaning toward doing more of that um i i'm 
I kind of look at comedy as like, like a, it's like a country. I have really weird analogies, but for me, comedy, it's like a country and, and I'm, I'm hitting it. I'm trying to invite, evade it on the, the, uh, the video, the YouTube frontier, the stand up frontier, the podcast frontier. Um, I'm doing, a, I, I've been producing a podcast with, uh, another Orange County comedian, Duke Fightmaster, uh, called Duke's World. Shout out to Duke Fightmaster. Uh, another really funny guy. And, um, so yeah, there's, I, I think you gotta, you gotta be doing a little bit of everything to kind of make some progress, you know, podcasts, videos, acting. And so I, I kind of just see it as comedy, you know, I just like to stay busy with it, but, but I definitely, lo- definitely like the videos a lot, hoping to do some more videos pretty soon. Do you think, that. do you think you would have had maybe the, the strength, or the inner drive to do these things had you not had a relationship of some type? Do you think that played into your ability to really stretch and do these risky things? Yeah, I th- I think I, I developed a level of confidence uh, being in a relationship, definitely, and um, d- definitely like you know being in love and, and all. Uh, it, it you know you, you think about yourself and you think about your priorities, like what what is valuable, what means something to you, and uh, so yeah, that definitely contributed to it, and. Um, yeah, it just I think a big part with like uh pursuing your passions is just having having the guts to do it, you know, being, you know, you got to be willing to take the risk and and uh some and just and the believing in yourself. That's really a big part of it. And so, when you're in a relationship, you have someone that kind of does implicitly you assume they believe in you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think that that I definitely had a lot of support and at Maybe at first there was a little, uh, however, though a little reaction to, oh wait, you're not you're not going to grad school. What what what's this all about? You're gonna be a comedian. What? So, but yeah, I think which I think can even that can even be a little good because it's like you gotta. I think you gotta be know that you're serious about it. Comedy is a very serious thing. I want everybody out there to know it's it's not about jokes. It's, it's about being extremely serious. No no joking whatsoever. <laughs> Well, I think it's, I scared you guys. It's life and death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I, I guess I'm feeling that maybe around the time when you and your girlfriend were a thing, something yeah. happened within you where like, oh, grad school doesn't look so. Yeah. Because grad school would have been a very structured environment. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And suddenly you have this what I see as a strength, a source of strength. Like when you, when you couple with someone, there's something happens. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, now that I have this, I feel like I can pursue this more difficult thing. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And and I think also, um, when, you know, if, uh, you know, guys, when they're in their early twenties, it's like for them, you know, meeting chicks is a high priority or whatever. And so it's it's easy, I think, to get caught up with with that whole thing, and which I think was kind of happening when I was younger. You know, I, I was, you know, I'd be out at, you know, perf- I'd be performing at those parties and trying to meet people, and, and so, uh, and you know, so I placed an importance on all that. And um, but then then in the back of my mind, it was kind of like, you know, I kind of had more fun performing for the party than actually meeting the different girls and stuff. And so that that kind of did ring a bell in the back of my mind you know what i mean but yeah i guess i just didn't have that confidence yet so yeah i definitely think uh going down the path of being in a relationship and just maturing as well i think you know kind of growing up a little bit 
had a lot to do with that. What was the thing, like, let's say back younger, Evan, what was the thing that you thought you would get from having a girlfriend? You know, it seems like people have these conceptions of it being a big deal and it's important. Did you ever think about like, okay, well, what is it? Is it the making out? Is it the, I get to touch her under her, you know, bra? What was it? What was the thing that seemed important to you about girls? Uh, I, th- I think just the, the, the biological wiring of being attracted to them, uh, was, was a big factor of it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're, when, you know, you're tw- 20 or whatever, it's like, uh, and, and just wanting to meet, just meet people and just have a different experiences, you know, li- get something out of my college experience, you know? And so I think, think that was a big part of it. Was there people in your circle who were couples and happy and you kind of looked at them and thought, Oh, that might be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I think uh, you know, it's like when I was younger, like twenty, I I was kind of I think I thought, oh, I don't really want to be in a relationship, and I just wanted to you know sleep around or whatever and meet chicks and. And how did you come up with that conception? It's interesting that you thought, okay, yeah, I, I think I think actually like I, I thought it was funny because I ended up being that guy in a relationship, but I kind of first looked at couples is like oh you know th- those those guys aren't happy you know look at them they're they're sitting there at you know not talking at at the the coffee shop and they look so miserable that girl that girl wants to be with me she doesn't want to be with that guy she's she's totally looking over at me that was kind of the attitude i, I had when i was younger but and and right right when i met my my girlfriend i was uh um yeah like i was i was living in on the balboa peninsula and in this like beach house and i thought i was like this yeah i was like oh yeah man i'm living the dream i'm i'm just a pimp right now balling yeah and oh yeah like whatever girls you know line up for evan cassidy you know and <laughs> i yeah man whatever were you in like a social group where that was the thing the way to react toward women uh, I mean, I think that, I think that was kind of just my own posturing. I I wasn't really in, in much of a social group like that, and I and I want to make it clear that I was was never a pimp. I I was never, I would never have, I didn't never really develop the game, uh, whatsoever. But well, that's clear because you're broke still. Yeah, yeah, uh, but no, you know, I I I was honestly, I've never really been in like a much of a social group really. Like I've always just kind of had a couple friends here and there. Um, I'm real. I'm too. I'm almost too individualistic, and so I've always just had a couple friends, like close friends here and there, you know. Um, so yeah, I've never. I, at least I don't like to think I was pressured by that. But I think we all kind of get pressured by the the different memes out there in society, like oh, you're supposed to do this, you know, you're, you know, you're supposed to bang a lot of chicks and mm. and you know, punch where, in the numbers. And <laughs> where do you think these messages came from for you? Um, well, I think that there's there is there's a biological desire in so you felt to, to like that a yeah. an attraction yeah yeah but but i think um i don't know i think uh i do think think there's a lot of like if you're at a bar you know and you see a lot of it's just kind of like uh you, you know you see a bunch of just bunch of dudes you know all you know hitting on one chick and i think there is kind of this sort of insecurity where guys think that they i mean people got to like prove themselves and you know over 
they're out there peacocking, you know, kind of over flexing their confidence. And so, you know, I here here I am with my like multicolored paisley shirt and and my dinosaur sweater. So, but the dinosaur sweater works. It definitely does. Oh, I don't I don't doubt it. If you're in a relationship, it must have worked. <laughs> Keep it out. Don't put it yeah. away. Yeah, but actually, when I was um when I was, I mean, I was. I was I never dated in high school. Uh I was I was kind of I guess a late bloomer. I mean I, I've it's funny I've met other comedians who are much later bloomers. Uh but I, I you know I'm really I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. Um uh and, and super just uh you know I I'm real passionate and so when I whenever I do something I try to go in 100% and like when I was like you know 19 20 I was like you know all right I'm going to I'm going to figure out I'm going to figure out this whole thing with girls. I'm going to learn how to pick up girls and everything. And, you know, like my, I think like a couple friends, like I had an older friend who gave me a little advice. Like he, he took me out. He told me at the time, like, um, we met at like OCC at the community college and we, we were both studying psychology. And, um, he took me out. He's like, man, you, you know, you got to change the way you dress a little bit. Like he, he was kind of telling me, yeah, you got to, you know, peacock a little now, bit. Now, who was this guy? That, that's my, uh, one of my best friends, James. And from high school? Uh, from college, from OC, OCC. And did you kind of think, all right, this guy's had some success with women, so he's yeah, legit? Yeah, James. James is a pretty stubbly guy. Um, he, uh, he, so I, I took his advice, and um, uh, yeah, he was actually married at the time. Uh, so he was like he was like four or five years older than me, and um, yeah, he kind of in in a friendly manner, he kind of took me, uh, so, sort of took me under his wing. I was like, listen, man, you, you know. Uh, Years later, he kind of told me, he was like, yeah, when I first met you, like, you dressed like a homeless writer. <laughs> I, had, I had these, like, button-up shirts and just weird shoes. Really, really weird. Not that I, am like, have a better style now, but I, I, it looked like a homeless writer, apparently. And so he kind of took me out, and he was like, yeah, you should get, you know, get it. Uh, kind of, it's almost like a homoerotic kind of thing, seemingly going out shopping with the dude. But, uh. I got a I got a couple new shirts, you know, fresh freshened up my wardrobe, and uh, yeah, I got I did get I got a lot of compliments from girls that from that new wardrobe, and I kind of like my uncle kind of gave me some advice. He was like, um, you know, he's like, you know, you should you should go up to every any attractive girl, whether it's at Starbucks or you know, and talk to her wherever it is. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna do that, okay. And so there was literally like a six month period when I was 20 where any attractive girl I saw. I would I would hit on in some way and it was it, it, talk about bombing like it was that those were brutal times what was your usual line oh man did you have like canned lines oh man it I had horrible lines I there's probably there's probably man actually there's some people I, I but you know I did actually meet some girls you know some girls I made friends with that I still know to this day from doing that um but yeah I, I would at first i mean i was just super awkward like i would i would just be like oh hi you know you're you're very pretty be like oh okay uh, and she, i could tell she was probably weirded out and be like all right well bye you know <laughs> just totally awkward um i, I but i kind of e- even then like i just i interact with people by with through humor and so i would just come up with weird things to say to people you know and uh I remember there was a table full, actually at the UCI Starbucks here, there was a table full of like sorority girls or something. And I, I went up to him and I was like, 
I said something really lame. And I use this one over and over again, actually, because I just had fun with it. it, it I said something like, oh, is this, is this, there was like five girls, and I was like, is this the, the, um, the beautiful girls club? And they were just like, ah, it's like, oh, I started laughing. And, um, but I said it really straight, like, is this seriously the beautiful girls club? And they're like, ah, like one was like, yes, it is. Like, trying to be all catty, and I was like, oh, okay, great, yeah, I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to join for a long time. Uh, you know, like, I'm trying to learn about that. And she's like, oh, yeah, you have to be, you have to be a, you know, a girl. You have to be a beautiful girl. I was like, you know, and we got into this dialogue about the Beautiful Girls Club for like 10 minutes. And, and I, I said, some, I think I was like, oh, well, I read in the charter that if you're invited by a beautiful girl, even if you're a dude, you can join the club, you know. So if you could, you know, if you could just give me, yeah, you know, I, I think I need one of your phone numbers to do it. Just something super creepy like that. But I'm, I, I did get phone numbers from, and some of them actually were real. Not all of them were the real number, but yeah, the beautiful, and guys out there, feel free to use that, uh, you know. <laughs> That's pretty clever, actually. Is that on your own, or is this something you um, kind of edited or formatted for your own that you heard from someone? I literally came up with that. I guess I was, I had never taken an improv class then, but I was kind of improving it, and, and yeah, I had this dialogue, and this girl was like, oh, you know, you have to be a you have to be a beautiful girl to join. I was like, oh, well, you could be. I read in the charter you could be invited, and they they just kind of played along with it. So, they so kept, you made that off off the cuff one time. Yeah, and and the girl that I was saying it to kind of fed me some stuff. She's like, oh, well, yeah, you can join if you do this or that. And so, then I I I, I must use I use that line quite a bit. There, there's probably a lot of Ant Eater alumni who heard that line, uh, that dialogue, and and some some of them gave me their phone number. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it resulted in much of anything long-term or short-term. <laughs> so it got you some short-term maybe interaction, social yeah, interaction? Yeah, maybe maybe a couple dates. But, um, uh, yeah, also one time I, I was, you know, I met a lot of different girls and because um, I was, you know, because I was literally talking to every attractive girl I met. And, I, you know, when I would meet a girl, I'd try to, sometimes I would, in the back of my head, I, I, I found like a lot of common white girl names are Sarah, Amanda, uh, Allison. And um, I was like, I could almost, like when I'd meet a girl, I'd almost be able to guess. And so I was like, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to go, you know, I'm just going to go up to a girl and say, hey, Amanda, how's it going? And see, you know, see if she responds. And so at the Albertsons, um, I, one time I, I, I went, there was a, you know, it was a cute girl. I was like, oh, hey, Amanda, how's it going? And she's like, oh, good. And just kind of was standing there and smiling. And, and so I was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember from class. She's like, oh, uh, yeah. She was like, looked kind of confused, but she's like, yeah, uh, uh, which class was it? And I was like, oh, in my head, I was like, oh, God, her name actually is Amanda. <laughs> Come up with something clever, Evan. Uh, it was the, the biology class. And it's just kind of like, uh, and I was like, oh, no, her, her head tilt indicates she has not taken a biology class. And I, I don't even remember what she said after that, but I just remember that it became just increasing, like the awkwardness just increased to like the maximum level. And I just finally, you know, walked away and let her be. But yeah, it was pretty, pretty awkward, kind of. <laughs> well, it seems like you actually were doing it in a creative way, though. Yes, it, it was, it was, I was like, you know, kind of improving and, and just being, you know, I, I think I, I kind of, I, I like to kind of just, keep you know I'm, I'm a shy guy i think at my core but then 
the humor is the way I interact with people. So I'm either performing or I'm not. I'm just, you know, not talking to people. And, and so if I'm going to if I'm going to talk to people, it's going to be like um at least at that time it was like it was going to be performing and I mean I think I'm a lot more comfortable now as I've aged and and, and everything just, you know, meeting people and and with um yeah, with uh just doing comedy like y- you know, uh you know, networking and stuff like I feel comfortable now talking to people and so it helped really yeah totally like totally. throwing yourself into this six month maybe hell week or hell month or hell half year yeah yeah boot camp my, yeah it's my made own, it did my own boot camp on myself and, and now you're more comfortable with everybody to- totally totally yeah yeah and um yeah and i i uh guess yeah doing the the whole frenchman thing it was a good icebreaker uh and um, yeah, and I even met a lot of people like that. I always, I always kind of fell in the trap though, where it, it was like, um, I, I would meet people at parties, and you know, eventually I would reveal to them, oh yeah, I'm not really French. They'd be like, oh wow, you know, either they some knew, some didn't. But then people would be like, you know, they didn't. I get to know people, then be like, no, uh, do the Frenchman, come to the party though, and do the Frenchman. It was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> are you friends with me or with Robert, the, the Frenchman? <laughs> you know, so yeah, and that's I, I do. Like now at this time, I like to kind of keep a social life separate from sort of the comedy thing. Like I don't like to always be on, staying in yeah. character. That can be a little tiring. So it got you going. Yeah. But you found that it's not sustainable really, right? You do need to kind of be yourself Yeah. at some point. Yeah, totally, totally. I think it was good. I think uh, like like when I would go places and stay in character, actually... um. Like the first show I ever did at the Irvine Improv, there was a competition, um, uh, like a local OC comedy competition, um, and I actually worked at the Coffee Bean next door at that time. You know, as as Evan, um, and um, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, saw, I got into this competition, and um, but I, I had like a f- Yahoo France email address. And signed up for it. And I was like, "Oh, hey, you know, I, I intentionally, you know, misspelled words. Like, oh, I am a uh, guitar player. Uh, I am not a comedian, but people think I am. I people laugh when I perform, so I would would like to play your show. And you know, so I signed up for this, you know, show at the Improv, and I, I performed. I stayed in character the whole time for the Booker. At the end of the show, I think I actually told the Booker I wasn't, but." I, I do think kind of singing in character kind of would make me perform a little better doing that. And I kind of like, you know, I like to kind of get myself sort of pumped up. You know, I do a lot of character still in my act now. And I kind of like to, you know, get a little, get in the zone of uh, the Frenchman or Barry or whichever one it is. So you mentioned earlier an uncle who gave you some advice. Oh, yeah, yeah. My uncle. Shout outs to Uncle Brennan. Yeah. My, and my wh- man. Where was he when you were younger? <laughs> Oh, he he's always around. He, he's but a, did you not think he'd have any pearls, or did he not have anything to you know when you're younger and shyer? Yeah. Oh, no, my my uncle Brandon, he's a baller. He's he's a <laughs> he um yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I I I think um I I he had a lot of like Christmas. Uh, his uh his girlfriend was Italian. Really really awesome woman, and uh, she always had these get-togethers. They had a lot of get-togethers where. They'd make just amazing Italian food and uh, a lot of 
you know, some beautiful Italian girlfriends of hers were there. And so my, I would go to a lot of, at that time I went to a lot of those parties and my uncle would kind of just, you know, he gave me some tips and stuff and you'd be like, you know, you know, don't, and I always, I always hung on to that. And my, my dad kind of, he, he, he kind of just told me, I, I did go to advice to my dad at, at points in time. He was like, Oh, you, you don't need to, you don't need a girlfriend until you're 30 and you have, you have a job. Okay. Just, Forget about it. it. That was his advice. That was his don't advice. Don't bother. You don't need a girlfriend till you're 30. They're just a headache. They're, so your uncle Brennan had some tips on how to get. Yeah, yeah, I guess my uncle Brennan was maybe a little more romantic than my dad, but my dad's a, my, my dad's a baller as well, without a doubt. Well, he made you. So yeah, something he, he met my mom, happen. and so yeah, he had some swag for a while. So. So yeah. uh, you were talking about approaching every beautiful woman on the street. How did you meet your current flame? <laughs> uh, I met her. I met her crashing her party. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, when it was funny, I actually met her. Um, uh, I met her like in 2008. I randomly like crashed her party and performed as the Frenchman, and then. I didn't see her again until a year later. I don't even think I even got a chance to talk to her that that time. But then a year later, I again, probably close to the same date, crashed a party in the same apartment, and then then I actually got to talk to her and and meet her and uh, talked to her on Facebook, worked worked some Facebook game, you know, <laughs> throughout create mad smiley faces, winky faces, those those seal the deal right there. They win the hearts. Right, strategic use of the exclamation oh, points. Y- yeah, oh, yeah. Exclamation point and smiley face economy is something that all, all da- people dating need to, to learn. Men and women need to learn that. Yeah, I we think. should maybe actually work with you on a seminar where we could teach. I, hey, I, I, you know, I'd love to. I'll put my teaching, my failed teaching skills to use. Get some, yeah. I, I, that there probably is a book on that already. I, I bet if you there's there's all sorts of like dating books. Like yes, that. there is, but I'm, not by you. Yeah. Okay. You you guys heard it. I coined the, the winky face economy. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, publish it. It's coming out 2013. It's gonna be my big year. Evan Cassidy, writer. Yeah. <laughs> Great American self help book. Yeah. Yeah. How to get dates through winky faces. So the crashing the party in the end actually worked. Yeah, that's the funny thing. It, it, it did, it did. Um, did you ever think it would when you first started? Did you ever think, oh, this is, this is not going to work? What, it's not you, you know, the- throughout the, it, it kind of just became my my hobby. You know, it was it was just perf- performing, and, and uh, you know, initially I was kind of I was wanting to go to parties to meet people, and when it wasn't just to to meet you know girls or you know, um, I, I mean, I just wanted to meet people and just you know experience college and all that but yeah and then I, I had so much fun performing so it was like yeah you know you get a chance to meet girls but also perform uh so and then i realized wow you know i like if if i say if i do something ridiculous as the frenchman and that turns a girl off i i had more fun actually performing than you know meeting the girl you know so it, uh in the end it was yeah it just became kind of my hobby but. Yeah, so you had to build your own little social network. Um, yeah. And you had to come up with things to do because you're saying there really was no great social, go here, you'll meet people. Yeah, that that was really it. I mean, I think UCI probably s- 
I, I doubt it's gotten any better. It's it's just doesn't really facilitate socializing well. Uh, I mean, I think college, it's kind of how it is. Like, you either join a fraternity or something, or you don't really meet a whole lot of people uh, in, in your calculus classes. But... <laughs> Psychology is full of chicks. What are you talking about? It is crazy ones though. Crazy uh, ones. That's though. true. Huh? They're all there to work on yeah, their they, issues. They are extremely hot though. It, it is. It's crazy. And yeah. So Evan, let's kind of uh, run down for the people how they can get in touch with you. Like you're saying, you did create uh, or found the Doodly Jones Comedy Tribe, and you yeah. guys are putting out episodes of yeah, yeah. the tribe show. Definitely. What's the website you want to tell that? Um, you can go to doodlyjones.com, www.doodly, which is spelled dude, L-Y, and then Jones, the last name Jones, doodlyjones.com. Everybody, everybody says, oh, D- Dudley, are you Dudley? Is that who you are? So no, yeah, yeah, and you guys are on uh, YouTube also, and Twitter yeah, yeah, YouTube.com. The the doodlyjones.com takes you to the the uh, YouTube. I'm on I'm on Twitter at uh, uh you can follow me at um, MC Evan MC Cassidy is my like hashtag thing. Mick Evan Mick Cassidy. That's the original Irish spelling of my name. Oh. Mick Evan MC Evan MC Cassidy. So yeah. we're gonna. I, I we only got a little bit left here, and I figured we'd go out with your song. Cool, cool, yeah, yeah. And also uh, maybe uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna be at the Irvine Improv uh, June 26th, That's Tuesday, cool. June 26th. It's a free show, so Excellent. hit me and, up. And, and you've got other stuff going on that people could um, yeah contact. Totally. Wasn't there like an OC comedy page? Yeah, that's that has. If if anybody's looking to. Uh, gets tried doing stand-up comedy. It has a list of open mics at OCComedyScene.com. It has a list of all open mics. I, I host a couple different rooms. I host one called Anchor Bar in Costa Mesa on Monday nights, which is it's a pretty good show, actually. It gets a lot of really funny guys down there. Cool. So we're yeah. going to go out with, is this your most recent song, Where My Ginger's At? This this is the single. This is the uh, one and only vinyl Which he single. brought in as a 7-inch. you got to respect, KUCI respects vinyl. So Evan Cassidy, it has been a pleasure to have you on the chat Likewise. room. And we're going to go out with this song, and hopefully we'll uh, catch up with you sometime in the future. Thank you. Merci. Go ahead. We're gonna. <laughs> it was a 45. 45 RPM. Yeah, this is radio. This is college radio. So, I was thinking, I was like, what's with this like creepy voice? It's the death metal version. <laughs> yeah. Doodly Jones. All right. Comedy tribe. This song goes out to all the changes in the world. Back at the playground, that's where the story starts Before I was a gangster, before I had street smarts First day of kindergarten, I remember In the sandbox, the first time I was called a ginger Fast forward to my third grade math class Trying to get through the day and make time pass I was staring down at my watch 9am when Stacy Jones called me by your crotch Where my ginger's at, where my ginger's at Eight. I deliver your